Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so thrilled that you are here today. But before we get started, I would love if you could do me a favor. Wherever it is that you're listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. The reason why I do that is I'm not so much concerned about the vanity metrics, but I am concerned about when people are going through something, I want them to recognize that there's hope on the other side of that and that there's God in the middle of that. And so the more times that these episodes are shared, the more people that we can help along the lines of that mission. Well, I am really excited about my guest today. Again, I know I say that all the time, but my guest and I are part of the same organization. And just a couple of months ago at the time of the recording, we actually had the opportunity to spend some time together in person. And we talked about some stuff and I'm excited about what she has done and what she has coming up as well. And so I look forward to this conversation. So here we go. My guest today is the award-winning author of 13 books and a popular Bible teacher Bible teacher at international women's events. She's also a member of the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association and of the First Five Bible Study Writing Team, which is part of the Proverbs 31 Ministries. She has been a career missionary for 30 years. She and her husband have served in Nepal at a year-round Christian camp on an island off Canada's west coast and are now co-directors of International Messengers Canada, a missionary sending agency with 300 staff in 30 countries. They currently live full-time aboard a sailboat in Vancouver, British Columbia. Married in 1982, they celebrate three grown kids and 13 grandchildren. So she had 13 books, 13 grandchildren. So I don't know, maybe she's going to keep writing books to keep up with the number of grandkids, or maybe her kids (laughs) will keep adding grandkids to add up to the number of books. But either way, I want to welcome to the show, Grace Fox. Thank you so much for having me. It's just fun to be with you. I'm I'm excited. So before we get into this conversation, and you and I have talked a little bit about this um, offline a couple of months ago, but all of my stuff is called a God shift. And I think it's important to tell folks like, what the heck is that? And my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater possibility. And I believe that once God uses these forms of disruption, this unexpected circumstances, these trials, sometimes they're actually positive disruptions, then he has our attention. And once he has our attention, that's when he can invite us into what it is that he really has planned for us. So I would love if you would share with the listeners, Grace, a time that you've actually had to overcome some form of disruption in order to get to where you are today. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I could tell you several of them, but one that I think really changed my life happened when I was in my mid-20s. It just turned me on my head. My husband and I were uh, married only five months when we went to Nepal as missionaries, and uh, we lived in a little mud hut with a grass thatch roof and no running water, no electricity, no indoor plumbing. I had never camped, and so this was a huge situation for me to have to adjust to, and I went through some significant culture shock out there. I was the only Western woman in the village. And my Nepalese was like teeny tiny. I mean, I sounded like a two-year-old trying to learn how to talk, right? So um, we had our first child was born out there, a son, and everything was okay. I mean, it was different raising a baby in a place like that. But then our second child was born when Matthew was 20 months old. And the second child named Stephanie, uh, she was born with a condition called hydrocephalus, which is too much water on the brain. So when she was born, the doctors just took one look at her and they said, she needs a shunt in her head and we don't have the capability of doing that here. You need to go back to North America on the first available flight. That was on a Tuesday. So on Wednesday, my husband tried to get airline tickets and found out from the airline that the first flight would be Friday. But when they found out that I had just had a C-section to deliver Stephanie because her head was so large, they said, we don't want your wife on the plane. She's a medical high risk. And we don't want a baby that's under two weeks old on the plane either. Wow. So my husband just purposed in his heart that he was going to get her home by hook or by crook because, because she was in really rough shape and she would probably die unless she got some pretty prompt medical attention. So he just, he got a ticket for himself and he said to me, I'm taking her home. I remember just thinking, how is that going to work? Because I was nursing her. She was sick. She didn't even want to nurse because she was yeah. so sick. And she needs but, her mama. And she needs her mama, right? So how is this going to work? But we had a 12-hour trip by Land Rover on Thursday to get to Kathmandu. Got there that night and went to a missionary uh, guest house. And the hostess came running out and she said, there's a Photoshop waiting for you because, of course, you need a picture for her passport. So a midwife went in with me and Matthew and my mother-in-law was visiting from Washington State. She had come just for the birth of the baby to lend a hand for a couple of weeks. And Jean took the baby and went off to a photo studio to get the picture taken. The next morning, a doctor from the States who was there uh, took the baby to a a mission hospital and put a needle into the fontanelle of her brain. And he just um, withdrew, I think it was 40 cc's of fluid off her head. He did, another doctor did it the day she was born and withdrew 60 cc's just to get the pressure off her head. Yeah. And um, Jean went to the passport office at the embassy and got her passport. So while they were gone, um, a- another nursing mom who was at the missionary guest house who had a, one of those Playtex nursing bottles with a plastic baggie, uh, she and I together expressed enough milk to fill one bottle. And then when Jean came back and the doctor brought Stephanie back, I nursed the baby one more time. Jean wrapped her in a blanket. We prayed and off he went. He wow. He just... The doctor said, if anybody at the plane asks how old she is, just just say she's she's small. She's little. Yeah. She's she's new. But just don't lie. say, yeah, don't say how oh that she's only three days old because they can put the plane down for this. Oh my. And and so um I said goodbye to my baby, not knowing whether or not I would see her again alive. And that was the the moment that just flipped me on my head. But as I lay there. Again, not knowing if I'd see my child again or not, or what her quality of life would be if she lived. I had, I had nothing, nothing to go on. 
Yeah. I remember just saying, God, two years of culture shock, and we just got ready to spend the rest of our lives. We had a, a, an interview one week prior with a, a long-term mission agency because we wanted to commit the rest of our lives to staying in Nepal. And, and then, boom, we were on our way back to North America. And I remember just saying, God, what is it you want me to learn through this? Yeah. And into that very difficult moment, he spoke the words of great is thy faithfulness mm-hmm. and reminded me that uh, he wasn't promising me that my life was going to be easier, that Stephanie was going to live or that her life would be easy, but he promised me he would be faithful. Yes. And, and that was what I clung to. So I was another week um, in Kathmandu before I was allowed to fly back to the States. And Stephanie went through. Uh, about a dozen surgeries in the first couple of years of life. She had meningitis when she was 11 months old, a major brain surgery uh, a couple of weeks after she got over meningitis. And we could have lost her any number of times, but she survived all those things. And she is now 38. She's a financial coach. She's just genius. And she's helping people get out of credit debt. That is so phenomenal. Isn't it interesting? And I'm air quoting for those of you who may not be watching the video, but isn't it interesting, Grace? how God sends us on a mission. For you, it was literal, a mission. God tells us to do something or tells us to go somewhere or you fill in the blank for a direction that God has given you only for you to find yourself in a situation that you're like, this seems impossible for the situation that he sent me to. I'm in an underdeveloped country, at least underdeveloped as it pertains to high-level medical care. And Lord, you knew that my daughter was going to be born with hydrocephalus. And so, Lord, why would you send me somewhere and then give me a baby that the people are not equipped to take care of her, right? And so even though most people may not have that story, I think many of us can relate to when you're doing what you know God told you to do, but the evidence of everything that you're seeing around you makes you go, well, how does this fit? With, you know, I'm experiencing chaos in the midst of the very place that you sent me. How does that make sense? And so what did you learn during that process? Especially, you know, you said you learned that God was faithful, but what did you learn about grace during that period? What did you learn about yourself? Yeah, I learned during the first two years, I learned that I had a lot of growing up to do. When I look back at that, and I've been able to go back to that village uh, two or three times in the last 10 years even to revisit that. There are times when I look back and I go, whoa, I would have done things differently. If I could redo it, I would have responded in a more mature way. But I think God used that time out there in isolation, really, to mature me and um, to show me where I needed to grow. There was one day, I remember sitting in the in the hut and just wishing so much that I could go back to, I made North America out to be like heaven in my head. Yeah, oh, life sure. would be so much easier if only I could go back to the States or back to Canada. And, um, and I remember him just saying to me one day nicely, Grace, bloom where you're planted. Yes. And I had to do some retraining of my thought processes because... Um, because I had made out North America to be like heaven and I'd begun to resent the place that he had put me. And there was no way that I could grow in that, in that condition. Yeah. The soil of my heart was not good. (laughs) And so he had to work in my heart and make me willing to stay. And it's interesting because he, he did that through another hard situation 
when I was first pregnant with Stephanie, the doctors thought that it was an ectopic pregnancy and I was very sick. But when they figured it out that it wasn't, um, then I, but I was just so sick. I was barely 90 pounds at that point. And um, my in-laws sent a telegram. That's back before the social, you know, the ability that we have to communicate yeah. so quickly nowadays. And the, the telegram said, come home, we'll pay your way. And the mission didn't care where we spent vacation time, so long as we came back. So that telegram came on a Sunday, and we we were back in Washington State by Friday night. Wow. So we had two weeks in North America, and then we turned around, got on a plane, and went back. And it was those two weeks in North America were such a shock coming back, where we we went into my husband's church and my home church, and, and we saw marriages were breaking up, Christian marriages. And... And we read the headlines of the paper and it was drive-by shootings and road rage and all this kind of stuff. And we went, what is going on back here? Let's go back. Let's go back to our little village where we're making a difference. We can really make a difference back there. And we could hardly wait to return. And it was it was that that turned my, my head around and made me grateful to be in that little village with these women who were so different than me. But I went back thinking, how many women from North America get to live in this kind of setting? And you know, it's like it's like living in in a National Geographic magazine. That's what my uh, the scenery looked like around me. All the tiered rice paddies and these women carrying baskets with a with a woven band here on the forehead with a basket on their back. These were my yeah. neighbors who would sit with me and have a cup of chai and we'd talk as as much as we could with my baby could. Nepalese. <laughs> But, you know, it was it was such a growing experience. And when we've been back in the last few years, I, I still retained a little bit of the Nepalese that I eventually learned over time. Uh, and we took a translator with us. And I was able to say to those women, thank you for being my friend back then. I really didn't have a clue what I was doing, but you were my friend, even though you couldn't, I couldn't talk much, but you loved me. And I want to thank you for that. And it was such a neat thing to be able to say that to these women that many years later. Yeah. And you thought going back to North America, that that seemed like the easy route. It seemed like the route that was going to have the most level of provision. And what you realized was, is that the taking the easy route was not necessarily the best route. And when you got what it is that you thought was going to be great, you immediately wanted to return back to where you were. I think there are a lot of us, you know, that can relate to that. And I think that, you know, wanting to take the easy way out or wanting to take the quick way out, even if it seems practical, is actually something that can allow us to miss what it is that God has for us. And I think that when God uses a form of disruption in our lives, we know that he wants it to be a tool that moves us forward. But so oftentimes, there are barriers that that actually keeps us stuck instead of that disruption moving us forward. In all of the years that you've been doing the work that you're doing and God downloading 13 books into your head to, to help people walk through life, what have you noticed are some of the most common barriers that when someone is facing some form of adversity in their life, that they actually become stuck in the middle of that adversity instead of actually being able to move forward in a, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. I think fear is a huge factor because we get into that situation that suddenly, uh, you know, the rug might be pulled out from under our feet and we don't know what that future is going to look like. And so we fear uh, the, an unknown future, but yeah. we also might fear 
failure. Uh, we might fear inadequacy. We, you know, we don't have what it takes to get through this. And really, when I think about fear, I think at the at the root of it lies um, uh, an inaccurate understanding of the character of God. That's so I, good. I really believe that because if we could grasp the depth of His love for us, if we could begin to grasp that we would have no reason to fear. If we would fully understand that he is good and everything he allows in our life comes from that nature, we wouldn't be so afraid of what what it's going to look like down the road or what the outcome is going to be. We would truly learn to rest in the hands of this God who loves us Yeah, if if we understood that. Yeah. And you said it best when you said it's the, it's the fear of the unknown, you know, like I have no idea why this is happening and I have no idea how it's going to come together. I don't know what's on the other side. Um, Even if I believe Romans eight and 28, when it tells us that all things are working together for my good, like, even though I know that God is a good, good father, like I just would feel a heck of a lot better if I knew what was on the other side of this. And oftentimes you'll get a glimpse and then sometimes you get nothing. And um, I think even when he gives you something, he doesn't give you all of it, which frustrates the heck out of me, but that's not my way, (laughs) you know, not, not his way of doing things. But I think you're absolutely right. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, that, that fear is not something that, that God gives us, but fear is a very, very natural thing for us to experience. And so I love how you said, how you tied that back into like, when we really understand the character of God, it should place us in a position that lessens the fear because we can trust that he wouldn't allow anything to happen in our lives that was going to destroy us. And if we will just trust his process and trust his timing, I know that's what I struggle with the most is is his timing that we will actually get exactly where it is that he needs us to be. So I think that is a great, great perspective. So Grace, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to begin to talk about some action steps that people can take in order to move their lives forward when they find themselves faced with disruption. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. All right. So we're talking about disruption. We're talking about why God allows things to happen in our lives. He actually means it for our good. You know, sometimes it feels like it's going to destroy us. But if we avoid some of these barriers that we've been talking about, it actually will be a tool that will move us forward. And so Grace, if someone is listening to this episode and they're actually struggling to try to figure out how they can shift their life forward in a more positive way when they're going through some type of turmoil or adversity, what advice would you give them of something that they could start to do right away? Well, I think of the passage in Philippians that talks about bringing um, every care to the Lord. So, so we pray, but it also says to uh, give thanks. And when we uh, 
pray about everything, refuse to worry about anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving, then he fills us with a peace as we live in Christ Jesus. And I look at that as a mathematical equation. So if I think about the two digits on one side of the equal sign in a mathematical equation, the two words in this word equation would be pray and give thanks equals peace. If we, yeah, if we're missing one of those two, we're not going to end up with peace. For years, I would, you know, I just, I prayed. I I would do what the scripture said. And I brought my concerns to the Lord and I prayed about everything. But all I found that when I did that, I, uh, those, those fears just multiplied. I think it's because I, I focused on that one thing that was bothering me so much. I fixated on that and it just got bigger in my head. And all of a sudden, like just a few years ago, I guess I'm a slow learner in some things, but I I remember reading that passage in Philippians 4 again, and then all of a sudden seeing that word, give thanks, with thanksgiving. And it was like the aha moment there for me, where I thought, that's what I'm missing. I'm praying, 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 and just getting more, more worried about this thing. I'm missing the giving of the thanks. Not that I thank God for the hard time that I'm in, but I thank him that he's faithful in the middle of it. And I thank him that his promises are true and that he's with me and he will never fail. And he will work out his good purposes for his outcome. I wasn't very good at math. I was a great English student. I was a great science student. Um, As a matter of fact, my freshman year of high school, I don't even think I went to my algebra class most of the time. But anyway, that's not about how much of a heathen I was in high school. But I do remember that when we learned about equations, that equations had to balance. And what I love about what you just said is that without the Thanksgiving piece of it, the equation doesn't balance. And sometimes when you're praying about the issue, you know, I used to hear all the time, I used to go to these personal development conferences and they would say, what you focus on expands. And so although you're in, you're doing the right thing by going to God in prayer about the issue, but if you only focus just on telling him about the issue, then that just magnifies because you're now just focusing on that. Whereas if you add in the giving thanks, it balances the equation out. And that's the only way that you can get peace. And I don't think that, I think that that's a great way to teach about about prayer, to say that like, yes, I'm telling you to pray, but prayer comes with a warning sign. If you only pray about the problem, you can almost expect, at least in your mind, it may not be a physical manifestation that the problem magnifies, but you can almost guarantee that in your mind that the problem is going to magnify and none of us are going to God in prayer because we want things to be worse. And so I think that that's a great way to teach about like how to effectively pray. Like you can tell him about the problems. He knows about them before you mention them anyway, but in the process of praying and in the process of going through how you're going to overcome these challenges, make sure that you remember to give him thanks. I think that is so, so key. So Grace, before we begin to wrap up, I said when I read your bio that you had read that you had written 13 books, but I know that you've got something new that is coming out very soon. Can you tell us about that? Well, I just finished writing it. And so uh, it will be out in in the summer of 2024. And the working title right now is let me get it. Let me get it. Um, Names of God devotional study. And then there's a colon. And after that is overcoming fear. 
Wow. So it's really learning how to overcome fear by getting to know God through the names in scripture, seven names. So it's, it's going to be great for uh, Bible studies, book clubs, small groups, because they'll have questions to go with the chapters that I've got the teaching done for. That's perfect. And Christmas is coming up soon. So people can go ahead and get that now to start to start giving for gifts or is that the old, or is that what's coming out next? Yeah, that was, that's coming out next, but what they okay. can pick up for gifts now is um, I had a trilogy of devotional books that came out and they've won awards. So uh, finding hope in crisis devotions for calm and chaos, keeping hope alive devotions for strength in the storm and fresh hope for today devotions for joy on the journey and 90 devotions in each book. Wonderful short, tightly focused little snippets for people who just want that nugget of truth. Maybe they're in a situation where their minds can't even comprehend a long passage of scripture because they are in crisis. And, um, and so they just need something. They need biblical encouragement, but something that they can remember. And that's how these are written. And that is perfect because if you are listening to this podcast, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, disruption can be replaced with a lot of different, a lot of different words. It can be replaced with crisis. It can be replaced with chaos. It can be replaced with challenges. It can be replaced with adversity. It all kind of means the same thing. But when I was writing my book, it had to start with a D because I was talking about how out on the other side of that is destiny. So it had to start with a D. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're here because you want to learn how to overcome. And so these books are going to be great for you. They're going to be great for your loved ones because we're all experiencing some form of those synonyms at any point um, in our lives. So how can they find all of these books, Grace? Those books are available wherever Christian books are sold. So the local Christian bookstore, christianbook.com, Amazon, and on my website. If they want an autographed copy, they could order it from my website, which is gracefox.com. Okay, perfect. I'm going to make sure that the link to wherever they can get all of those, the easiest is in the show notes. Grace, how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, they can go to Facebook and Facebook there is uh, facebook.com forward slash gracefox.author. Perfect. And there they can click on the other um, icons to, you know, check me out in the other places as well. Awesome. Well, Grace, thank you so much for being here. I knew this was going to be great and you did not disappoint. Everyone share, share, share this episode, get those books. Why not this year give the gift of overcoming? So Christmas is coming up, get these books, give the gift of overcoming. I pray that this episode has blessed you like it's blessed me. I hope that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.